Well, it's about time you got here. Aren't you asking us to accept a pretty incredible coincidence? I'm just saying a coincidence is possible. Well, I wish you'd explain it to me sometime, Buster. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today we're talking about language again, and specifically words. You know I love language and words and idioms and old sayings and expressions. Longtime listeners are well aware of the fact that I love this stuff and will talk about it endlessly. And so here we are again with another episode. Today I'm focusing on words that we used to say, or in some cases that my grandparents used to say, that we don't really use anymore. And the words cover everything from expressions of outrage or cursing, to names for things that we don't call them anymore, or just don't say anymore. I love this kind of stuff because it shows how our use of language changes, how people's ideas change, how things that once were acceptable are no longer acceptable. All of this is exhibited by the language that we use. I mean, some words just fall out of fashion. And some words fall out of fashion because of the intention behind the words. And I'm going to talk about all of that today. First up today is one of my favorite old-school curse words. Fiddlesticks. When's the last time you heard anybody say, Oh, fiddlesticks. My mother would say that on occasion. I know my grandmother said it. Fiddlesticks was the F word at least for my grandmother. Oh, fiddlesticks. Now, of course, I had to look it up. What the heck is a fiddlestick? Well, the origin of fiddlesticks is simply that. It's the stick that you use to play the fiddle with. You know, the bow. And as near as anybody has ever been able to figure out, fiddlesticks came into use in literature and in plays because it sounds funny. They picked the word fiddlesticks because it has comedic effect. You know what? It's a great F word. I think we should use fiddlesticks more than we do. Let's bring it back. Another one that grandmothers, grandfathers, and cartoon characters use, whippersnapper. You young whippersnapper. It's always used to mean some smart-alecky kid. You don't hear too many whippersnappers anymore. You might see them, but you don't hear them called that anymore. They're called a lot of other things, but whippersnapper is not one of them. Now again, me being me, I had to look up where whippersnapper comes from. It turns out the young men who used to kind of hang out at the street corner, nothing else to do, would stand there with a whip, snapping it. Literally, that's what they did. They'd stand on the corner and snap a whip. They had nothing else to do, no games to play on their cell phone, so they would stand on the corner and snap a whip. And of course, the old folks at the time, and this was back in the 17th century, they would call these street rogues whip snappers, because that's what they did. They were lazy guys standing around snapping whips. Then whip snappers became merged with another term for street rogues at the time, snipper snappers, And so you got whippersnappers. So a young whippersnapper is somebody who's pretty much standing around with nothing to do. So those are a couple of fairly archaic terms that we don't use anymore. But you know, there's some terms that have come up in the past 15, 20, 25 years. They came and went. Like, for instance, dope. Not dope the drugs. Although you don't hear dope used too often for drugs either. I mean, a dope fiend used to be somebody who smoked pot. But dope also came to mean cool. We actually use cool more than we use dope. Dope was supposed to replace cool, but dope, kind of archaic now. Same with fat. Fat with the PH. Boy, in the 90s, fat became a really hot word. That's fat. You'd see it tagged on walls sometimes, P-H-A-T. But these days, you can't really say fat without being offensive. 
I mean, you can't go around and say, that's fat. You know, the pH kind kind of loses something in the translation when you have to spell it out for people. So fat has kind of gone by the wayside, too. Another one gone by the wayside? Groovy. I don't think anything's been groovy since the 1960s. Oh, sure, you'll have a nouveau hippie want to refer to something as groovy and want to be cool about it. But there was a decade there where things were groovy and you knew exactly what it was. It was even a song, Feeling Groovy, Simon and Garfunkel. They did a whole song about feeling groovy. And in the 60s, groovy was a thing. Groovy nowadays? Mm, Not so much. Another one that's kind of gone by the wayside? Not nearly as old as groovy, but if you call someone a scrub, scrub is kind of an old word now. I mean, if you grew up listening to TLC in the 90s and the early 2000s, okay, you know what a scrub is. But for the most part, if you're talking about a less than desirable guy or a less than desirable girl, you don't really say scrub anymore. If you do, you're kind of stuck in the past. You know what? Same if you use the term stoked. Stoked is essentially from the same time period, early 90s. The skaters would be stoked, man. In other words, you were really excited about something. I'm stoked for this. But you don't hear people being stoked about anything anymore. Now, it's not always easy to find the origins for some of these usages. I mean, groovy, fat, scrub, stoked. They all became widely used. But exactly how they came into being? I gotta tell you, I had a hard time finding out exactly why fat became as popular as it was. Not that it matters, it became a thing. But it's just interesting to me that it was big and then virtually disappeared. There are some older expressions that have actually hung around and still get some use although not nearly as much as they used to. Bologna is one of them, not the sandwich meat. Bologna used to mean bullshit, basically. If you said somebody was full of bologna, you were basically saying, eh, that guy's a bullshitter. But since our colorful metaphors, back when I was growing up, didn't include the seven words you're not allowed to say on television, we used bologna. Oh, that's bologna. A similar one, malarkey. You'll hear malarkey every once in a while. Joe Biden will say malarkey. The easiest way to remember it is basically malarkey is Irish baloney. It's not really, but that's how I remember it. Another expressions, and this is grandmas. Grandmas are good for this one. Oh my heavens. Heavens is a good expression of surprise. I don't know why. Heavens to Betsy. That's another one. Now this may have just been my grandmother, but it's kind of connected to heavens. She would give us this one. Oh my stars and garters. Now stars and garters... Sounds like it should be associated with the heavens, right? But actually, it refers to royal honors and awards. Now, I'm not sure my grandmother knew this. This is me being me looking things up. But garter in the stars and garters expression refers to a badge worn by members of the Order of the Garter. And that badge was the highest award that the king or queen of England can give a knight. Other royal awards that the king or the queen would give were stars. So if somebody says, oh, my stars and garters, they're not referring to the heavens and garter belts. They're referring to royal awards, whether they know it or not. Now, I never knew that until I looked it up. I just knew the expression, oh, my stars and garters. But now you know what it means. As I was preparing the episode, I found a lot of words that we used to use all of the time for various everyday things that we don't use at all anymore. For instance, when I was growing up, we had three different words for pants. We had pants, which basically referred to jeans. We had slacks, and we had trousers. Now, slacks were usually dressier pants. Trousers were something my grandfather wore. So if I was wearing my jeans, my mom would tell me to put on my slacks so we could go to church, or go out to dinner, or go out someplace fancy. You could wear your pants around the house. You wore slacks to a fancy restaurant. And grandpa always wore his trousers. 
But when's the last time you heard anybody talking about trousers and slacks? I mean, maybe if you're in the fashion industry, you talk about the new spring slacks that are coming out. But basically, everybody just wears pants anymore. Now, when I was a kid, we also had a subset of pants called dungarees. Dungarees don't exist anymore either. Dungarees were also jeans, but it took too long to say dungarees, so we just said pants. Actually, we don't know where the word dungarees really comes from. There's a few theories about it. One of the theories is that it comes from a village called Dungari Kapar, which is in Mumbai in India, where they made a very heavy fabric, very similar to denim. And so pants made out of this fabric from this village became known as dungarees. But all I know is that we had dungarees for a while, and then we didn't. Now we just have pants. Another thing we used to have when I was a kid, galoshes. We don't have galoshes anymore. We have boots. If you refer to your boots as galoshes, you're probably over 65. The term galoshes comes from the Middle Ages, and it refers to a kind of boot from a region of France called Gaul. You may have heard of it. So this type of boot, which became a rubberized boot in the United States, were known as galoshes for a while. Now, just boots. Pocketbook is another term that we don't use anymore. My mom always asked me to get her pocketbook. Grandma always had everything you could ever want in her pocketbook. Nowadays, we call it a purse. My mom always wore pantyhose. You don't hear about pantyhose anymore. You can still get pantyhose. You just don't hear about them anymore. Are they tights? Are they stockings? Are they leggings? Pantyhose is a term that you just don't hear anymore. Frock. We used to call dresses frocks. But when's the last time you heard anybody compliment a dress by saying, Oh, that's a lovely frock. It used to be a thing. It's not anymore. Frock actually comes from a French word meaning a monk's habit. And if you think of a monk in that big robe that they wore, you could see why frock could be associated with dress and why dresses, for a time, were considered frocks. And I remember the term frock being used in movies and in books. I remember my dad joking with my mom about getting a new frock. Now it's just a dress. Now, these outdated words obviously don't just confine themselves to clothes or expressions. We had things that we talked about in a certain way when I was growing up that we just don't talk about anymore. Grandma used to watch her stories on TV. The stories were the soap operas. Now, when I was growing up, soap operas were everywhere. They were on every channel all afternoon long. I've talked about the local syndicated channels where we watched our cartoons and old reruns of I Dream of Jeannie and the Munsters. But the networks put out these soap operas as the world turns. The Days of Our Lives, General Hospital. These were the stories that people watched. And that's what they would say. Oh, I have to catch up on my stories. And there'd be a block of three or four hours of stories on TV every afternoon. You could watch Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless, As the World Turns, all afternoon. And they all had very dramatic plots and very dramatic acting. And the stories would go on literally for decades. And boy, did people get sucked into them. They hardly exist anymore. There's only a few left. But when you hear somebody talk about stories, if you still do, they're talking about the soap operas that they watch. If they're not talking about soap operas, they might be talking about the moving pictures. My grandmother called the movies moving pictures because that's what they were. Instead of just looking at pictures, you would go to the theater and watch the moving pictures because they were pictures that moved. A very apt description, but nobody under 65 is talking about movies as the pictures or the moving pictures. Same thing with the icebox. My grandmother had an icebox. She didn't have a refrigerator. She had an icebox. And that term comes from the fact that she literally had an icebox when she was growing up. And the icebox was literally a box that you put a big ice cube in to keep your perishables cold. You have to understand, before the days of electricity, before the days of refrigeration, 
The only way to keep milk, butter, other perishables cold in the house was with an icebox. It was a cabinet, usually made of thick wood, insulated with metal, with a small compartment on the top where you would put a block of ice and shelves in the bottom part of the box where you would put the perishables. And the perishables would stay relatively cool for as long as you had ice. And there was an entire business model devoted to creating ice and delivering it to people's houses so they could stock their icebox and keep their milk cold. So when you hear grandma say, go put that in the icebox, she's talking about the refrigerator. Now, of course, it's not all grandma terms that are reserved for the dustbin of language history. By the way, dustbin, also an archaic term. It's a garbage can. People used to call them dustbins because when you were sweeping the floor, you'd open up the little bin and throw the dust from the floor in there. Dustbin. But we have more current terms that fall into that dustbin of history. TiVo. TiVo was the DVR that we used to have before there were DVRs everywhere. TiVo was a way to digitally record TV shows without having to use videotape, which is another term that we don't use anymore. I mean, we actually use it, it just doesn't have the same meaning that it used to have. Videotape was a piece of magnetic tape that you could record video on that would go in the video cassette recorder or in your video camera. Now anybody who's talking about videotaping something is probably an old dude because we don't videotape anything anymore. We record it digitally, which is what TiVo did. But TiVo was a brand name at one point, a unique brand that provided digital boxes to digitally record TV shows and movies off of your cable system. You had to plug it in separately, and you had to pay a fee for it, but that's how you used to record if you didn't want to use videotape. But when you hear somebody talking about TiVo, that's what they're talking about. And as long as they're talking about the TV, do you remember the clicker? That's what my dad always called the remote control for whatever device you were looking for. And that comes from the fact that the early remote controls actually clicked when you pushed the buttons. You would hear an audible click, and so my dad always called it the clicker. We don't even call it the remote control anymore, actually. We just call it the remote. But when you hear grandpa looking for the clicker, that's what he's looking for, the remote. There's also a bunch of words that we no longer use, all relating to relationships. Back in the day, you would start the courting ritual. That's when the guy was trying to win over the girl, get her to go on a date with him. It was called courting. You'd deliver flowers to where she worked, send her a nice card, and then maybe ask her out on a date. The whole courting ritual is no longer a thing. The courting really referred to the buildup towards the dating. Now we just call the whole process dating. But back in the day, you would start dating somebody with the hopes of going steady. Another phrase we don't use. Going steady refers to a relationship that's basically ongoing and supposedly exclusive. If you're dating long enough, you're going steady. Nobody goes steady anymore. You're either dating or you're not. And you're either exclusive or you're not. So going steady isn't a thing that we do anymore. But back in the day, if you were going steady long enough, you might go to Lover's Lane which, by the way, doesn't exist anymore. Not really. Not the way it used to. And you'd get down to some serious necking. Necking was basically kissing, but back in the day it was called necking, in part because you did a lot of kissing of the neck. You'd occasionally get a hickey. But necking is not a thing anymore. I mean, it's a thing. We just don't call it that. We also don't call what comes next what we used to call it. The term making whoopee, or just whoopee, was our euphemism for sex. Today we call it hooking up, or sex. But back in the day, we didn't talk about sex. We might have a little whoopee session, but we never had sex. And of course, in those whoopee sessions, you'd want rubbers. Except we don't call them rubbers anymore. We call them condoms because we're allowed to say what they are these days. Back in the day, you didn't even say contraceptive device. You didn't say condom. You'd call it a rubber. And then after that relationship was going for a while, if you or your significant other decided to step out on the relationship, we didn't call it cheating. We called it stepping out. 
He stepped out on her. She stepped out on him. I mean, we still say it occasionally, but basically we call it what it is, cheating. You're not stepping out, you're cheating. But again, the euphemisms. We didn't call things what they were. We didn't want to hurt people's feelings. He's not cheating on you, he just stepped out. He'll be back. As long as I'm talking about words that we don't use anymore, there are words that we still do use that we probably shouldn't, although it does depend on the context. And this is where our awareness of the sexism in our society comes through. It used to be you would talk about a woman being a great gal or a mean broad. We don't use gal or broad too much anymore, and rightly so. I mean, she's a woman. She's a great woman. She's a mean woman. She's a friendly woman. She's a beautiful woman. But if you're still using gal and broad, it's probably best to eliminate those from your vocabulary. And there's a whole bunch of terms for women that you don't want to use in the workplace, or in public, or at a bar, or when trying to get close with somebody. If you have an ongoing relationship, and it's okay with your partner, then these terms are okay. But if you're at work and you call somebody babe, or if you call them honey, if you call them sweetie, you're not really with the times. You should eliminate darling, cupcake, and little lady from your vocabulary too. I mean, if you call your wife darling, great. If you call your girlfriend cupcake, awesome. If you call your significant other sweetie, perfectly okay. If you use those terms with a coworker or somebody you meet at a bar or somebody you're standing in the checkout line with at the supermarket, don't do that. It's not only sexist, it's not only patriarchal, it's just rude. So don't do that. So I've got one more for you. This is one of my favorite words that we don't use anymore that we really should. The word is lousy. And lousy actually has two meanings. Lousy can mean it's really bad. Lousy can also mean an overabundance of something. Like, in New York City, Central Park is lousy with hot dog carts. Lousy is a great word. If something is lousy, that was a lousy movie. It means that was a really bad movie. That was just a lousy movie. I can't believe I wasted my time on that. Lousy is just a great word. It has a great feel to it. To me, it conveys exactly what it sounds like. Bad. Lousy initially meant infected with lice. Louse is the singular form of lice. One of those critters in a bunch of lice is called a louse. Just like mice, mouse. So if something is infested with lice, it's lousy with lice, basically. Now, being lousy is nothing good because nobody wants to be infested with lice. So the term lousy came to mean bad, terrible, icky, and it's a great word. I mean, for instance, if you feel sick, if you feel run down, if you feel so bad you can't get out of bed, you're feeling lousy. Wouldn't it be great if you could just say, ah, I feel lousy, and everybody knew what you meant? You don't have to go into any lengthy explanation then. I just feel lousy. Oh, well, okay, stay in bed then. It's a great word. I think we should use it more. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you indulging my ranting about language. We all have our little things. Language is one of mine. So thank you for bearing with me through all of this. I appreciate it. You guys are the best, and I can't thank you enough for all the time you spend here and all the support you give me. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you. 